This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. so glad that you guys are back with us on this week's episode of the Marked Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed last week's episode with Nate kind of talking about church life and talking about um, things that are just kind of crucial to our faith as believers. Um, I know that today is going to kind of take a similar but different direction. Um, We're going to be talking to Lauren McAfee. Um, Lauren is an Oklahoman. She is so much fun. I actually got to spend a little bit of time with her a few weeks ago at our Lifeway Women's um, Leadership Forum in Nashville. Um, She and her mom came and Lauren let a breakout. She answered some questions on a on a panel and in a Q&A session. And I was like, I want to have you on the podcast. Let's do this. And so um, I'm going to kind of let Lauren introduce herself to you just so that you guys can kind of get to know her. Um, but Lauren, welcome to the Marked Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Thank you. It's yeah. great to be on. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I am an Oklahoman and uh, that's born and raised here and love it. And Went to the University of Oklahoma, go OU, my <laughs> OU fans out there. There you go. Um, but yeah, I, I've lived here all my life until last year. I moved out to New York City for a year working with Museum of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I started working there right out of college and um, worked worked there for the past six years and loved working on Museum of the Bible Project, just mm-hmm. kind of inviting all people to engage in the Bible. And that led me to New York, raising awareness in the Northeast because our museum is opening in the Northeast. Um, And I've just recently moved back to Oklahoma City, where I've taken on a new role um, with Hobby Lobby as corporate ambassador. So I'm back in Oklahoma, back where my family and, and friends are. So it's great to be back back here where I was raised. That's so awesome. I love it. And, um, and I know a lot of our listeners are Hobby Lobby fans. I know like this Christmas season, I have found myself there several times through, you know, it happens throughout the year too, but I was, I was in the mad rush a few weeks ago, just trying to get some ribbon and some fun stuff. So we're grateful for what you guys do. I know. I cannot let myself go in there too often because it's like Target. Yes. Hobby Lobby and Target. I go in mm-hmm. there and I'm on a mission and I tell myself, only get this and then leave. Yeah. But inevitably, you get sidetracked. Yes. It's, it's a weakness. It so. is. It is. And, or I, and my other problem is I can't go when I'm bored. Like if I'm uh-huh. just like, oh, yeah. I'm just, let me just go wander around Hobby Lobby for a few minutes. Like that's that's a bad that's a bad idea for me. It's a good idea for Hobby Lobby, but bad, bad idea for me because I end I up just buying it. things that I don't really need, but I would really love to have in my house so right right and I'm and we're happy that you do yes I'm sure I'm sure it works well we love that our Hobby Lobby customers do (laughs) buy buy the things I love it yeah I love it that's so great um well like what what does that mean like as a corporate ambassador like what does that mean for you and now in this role and you know kind of with what you're doing because I know you've worked for Hobby Lobby you know in different in various departments and areas and all that kind of stuff what does that look like for you now Yeah. So uh, you mentioned I've worked here for a while. I have been working um, with Hobby Lobby since I was 11 years old, Mm -hmm. whenever I first (laughs) went to work with my dad and helped him um, at at his work. And so um, growing up in the Green family uh, that owns Hobby Lobby means I have always been around it and and always been working here whenever I had the chance um, because I wanted to. My, My parents were always really encouraging to do whatever we wanted to and to work where we felt called. And for me, I was always really 
um, happy to work at Hobby Lobby and learn about the business that my family uh, help, that owns and runs. Mm-hmm. So I um, have gotten to take on that corporate ambassador role, just getting to represent Hobby Lobby at different events. And I've done a lot of different speaking engagements over the years and realized that people have been wanting to hear the Hobby Lobby story and hear about the values and the mission that kind of um, just dictate everything that we do here in our company and how we run the business. So um, seeing that people have been continuing to ask me to speak about that has um, kind of just grown into this role where... I get to do those speaking engagements and, and represent um, the company as, and, and my family just talking about the values and, and the mission of what we do here at Hobby Lobby. So it's um, a great honor for me. I'm so passionate about the company because I see the uh, ministry mm-hmm. that we really see happen through the business that we run. And that's a huge part of what motivates me to want to work hard and do well in, in the company and see the company succeed because I know the ministry that um, happens through the success of this business. So I'm loving it so far. That's awesome. Well, so cool. And we're just, you know, I'm I'm so grateful for companies that we can look to, you know, and just say, you know, they're doing things, you know, with integrity and with, you know, with great value, like you, like you mentioned. And so it makes me so confident to walk in the door and feel like, you know, um, I am, you know, not, not just shopping, but I I feel, I feel so good about what I'm doing when I do that. So, so we're, we appreciate you guys so much but you know but Lauren like what are you what are some things that you're passionate about like is you know um, obviously you're getting this opportunity to to speak on a regular basis and do things like that but kind of what what are the things that drive you um, just on a day-to-day basis well the Bible has been such a part of my life and that is something that I get passionate about Mm -hmm. sharing is sharing about God's word and encouraging people to engage in in scripture so I in my role at Museum of the Bible got to take part in that by the mission of the museum is to invite all people to engage in the Bible Mm. and and my work at Hobby Lobby I see as the same kind of the same goal at the end of the day is um, Hobby Lobby's one we have four different state of purpose and one and our first statement of purpose is to operate our business according to biblical principles mm-hmm. and so knowing that we're incorporating the Bible into everything we do um, is such an encouragement just in my day-to-day but also knowing that through the work that we do we are um, at the end of the day donating 50% of the company's profits to Christian nonprofits mm-hmm. every year and wow. so really the work that we do and and when customers come in, Fifty percent of what customers buy, that is going to be supporting nonprofits around the world. That is supporting um, Bible translation as well as distribution of Scripture and Bible engagement projects. So That's that awesome. um, is such a passion of mine. No, see, just seeing in my own life how the Bible has made a difference, um, how it has impacted my life. Um, is what kind of motivates me to come to work and to uh, invest in in the business here, but as well as in my community and, mm-hmm. and mentoring young women and training up the next generation in uh, valuing scripture and and understanding that it is God's word that has been given to us and, and then tackling the difficulty of how do we engage in that? Yeah. Um, I think that that's a real, it can be a really intimidating thing to mm-hmm. come to the Bible and say, well, how do I approach this book that can be um, really difficult to know where to start. And so um, training up young women to engage in scripture so that we can impact this next generation with God's truth. I love that. And that's just, it's so foundational. 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, for us as believers to, to know God's word, to be able to, to share it with other people, to, to read and understand. And so what are some of the ways that, that like, you know, women who are listening today, like what are some ways that you would encourage them to engage with the Bible? Like, as you're talking about just yeah. some practical ways, what does that look like? Yeah. So I, I have written a couple blog posts just on practically what Bible engagement looks like for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that comes in a lot of different ways. First, you know, just being involved in our church where there is Bible teaching, good Bible teaching, so that every week I am sitting under um, our pastor's teaching where he has spent hours of his week mm-hmm. diving into a passage and is and opening that up for us. So that that's a good starting point, of, yeah. you know, sitting under Bible teaching. Um, and then also I think a next step is being in a community where you're walking through Scripture together. So you're actually uh, involved in um Un- unpacking a p- passage and discussing that with a community group or a Bible study. Um, I, you know, I have a community group that I have here in Oklahoma City, and we were all gathered in my house just a few days ago, and mm-hmm. we had some tortilla soup and dinner together, and then we all sat down and walked through a passage of scripture, and that is um, so helpful for me to have friends that are, that I know are going to be asking me, you know, did, did you read this passage whenever we come to that group time together, but also get to hear how God is using that passage in their lives as Mm -hmm. well as me sharing how it's been used for me. But then also, um, just on another level, personally, I, whenever I was in high school, started reading the Bible every day and decided I wanted to read through the Bible before I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. So, um, growing up in the church, I'd always read scripture, but, you know, realized that I could read the Bible for myself. I didn't need to rely on, you know, the Sunday school teacher to read a passage for me. So I read through the entire Bible before I graduated high school and was really just impacted by, um, just the truth that I would find myself coming to and turning to in difficult moments yeah. and just in everyday, everyday life situations, mm-hmm. just by having gone through scripture. So I've, that's something I've continued to do is read through the Bible in a year every day. So every day I'm sitting down and reading a couple passages um, and just meditating on that and journaling out um, some prayers that come through just the scripture engagement. So those are some of the ways that I uh, personally try to engage in scripture. That's awesome. And those, those are all so practical and doable, you know, but I think, you know, and something you referenced earlier is, you know, letting the the Bible be approachable, um, you know, and, and I think for all of us as believers, you know, whether, you know, if you're in a relationship with Christ, like, you know, the Bible is approachable to you and, um, yeah. and it's for you. It's, you know, it's for our better understanding of who God is and, you know, why he sent Jesus and the things that he did so that we can better understand, um, you know, that all the questions that we have just that we encounter on a day-to-day basis in our lives, um, but it takes some really intentional steps for us to, to really understand and know what it means and not just right. say, Oh, I've heard, you know, Oh, I, you know, I know the songs, <laughs> I know the stories, you know, like I did the felt board thing when I was in you know elementary <laughs> school and Sunday school. I don't know if yes. any, I hope I just dated myself right there. Um, <laughs> hey, I remember those. <laughs> yes. <laughs> those little felt board stories with all the little animals totally. and people, but they were the coolest. Yes, they were the coolest. We should bring those back. Oh, um, totally. Yes. But, you know, those things are great um, and they're great tools. But, um, you know, that the piece of just spending time, you know, in the word with God, you know, on a daily basis is, you know, 
is like a plumb line for us. I think yes. we walk with the Lord of just saying, you know, every day I'm going to do this. And I was talking with a friend the other day who is, um, has been married for like a year and a half. And she was just saying, you know, my husband and I are setting aside time every day to talk because, you know, we want to be in communication with one another and we want to know what's going on in our lives and talk out those things in the morning. And I was, I was like, this is just like our relationship with the Lord. Like, and, and it was <laughs> just one of those like easy parallels of just seeing how God, you know, he wants us to spend time with him, you know, and to do that, um, right? you know, and, and I've spent, I don't know about you, but I've had those chapters of my life where I'm like, oh, well I can, you know, I'll do it right before I go to bed and, you know, not <laughs> do it first thing in the morning. Well, I don't know if you're anything like me, but I'm like, oh yes, I'm going to do this right before I go to bed yeah. tonight or after I get home from work. And it's like everything else comes up in the way if I don't, Always. you know, get up and do it first yes. thing. And, um, yeah. Know, and I think that we need to be aware that that is spiritual warfare that is going to happen in mm-hmm. those times that we're going to be coming to scripture or setting aside intentional time, we will see spiritual warfare and every type of distraction that you can imagine is yep. going to be coming your way. Um, you're going to be extra tired and, and everything. So I think it's so important to prayerfully come to scripture um, as we approach God's word and, and seek to glean something from what he um, has spoken to us through scripture. So yeah, being aware of that, I think I, I don't always do a good job of that and mm-hmm. I don't always approach my scripture reading prayerfully, but I can really tell a difference when I do um, just just kind of fighting against that spiritual warfare that happens. Yeah. But, and, and something else I thought of um, for Bible engagement is also just great Bible studies. There are a lot of really great resources. I mean, Lifeway has a ton of studies mm-hmm. that um, I've gotten to walk through some of them and real with groups or by myself and have really enjoyed some of the materials. So there are definitely great resources that can help um, get past that barrier of yeah. not knowing where to start or not knowing what to read mm-hmm. uh, is having, having those to go to, to help us dive into scripture and seeing someone walk us through that. So definitely. I love that. I love it too. That's so great. And, you know, and there's a ton of resources out there and we'll link to a few of those things um, that we're mentioning in the show notes on the blog. So make sure you keep an eye out for those. But, um, you know, Lauren, I also wanted to ask you, you know, like who are some of the women in your life that, um, that you're pouring into? Like, what does that look like for you? You know, and I know that you're just moving back to Oklahoma and everything, (laughs) but how are you investing in the lives of other women or what, you know, maybe some of that is from afar or from near, but what is, what does that look like in your life? Yeah, so I I've seen such an impact that happens through discipleship. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband is a pastor and kind of the theme that he took with trying to start a young adult young professionals 20 something ministry was just, you know, emphasis on discipleship. Yeah. And so I love that you asked that question about mentoring and pouring into others cuz um, my husband has been a great example of that, of constantly pouring into others. And he, he really challenged me in that and saying, you know, you should be pouring into other women. Mm-hmm. You know, you have things to offer as well as things to gain by having that mentor um, discipleship relationship. And for the longest time, I just didn't think I was equipped. I thought, yeah. well, I don't, you know, I don't know the things to say. I, I don't know how I could help someone or, or pour into someone um, and that really kept me from being intentional about discipleship for the longest time. Um, but I, I, I remember two years, two years ago, kind of walking through, um, just got with a girl every week that was about five years younger than me. And we'd go through a Bible study and just walking through that and seeing mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Yeah. You know, it's just life on life and encouraging one another in your faith and, and pouring into her um, what God was teaching me and, and even receiving some of that back, seeing what God was teaching her. Um, so I that made such an impression on me, just that experience of kind of finally saying, okay, God, like I'll, 
I'll let myself um, yeah. be humble and, and not think that I have to have it all figured out, but really mm-hmm. trust you in this. And so I have continued to try and uh, continually be discipling someone. Uh, and so that got tricky whenever I was, um, I've been on 114 flights this year, so wow. I've traveled a lot yeah. and living in New York City. But I, you know, I started discipling a girl in New York City and pouring into her whenever I was home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and now that, now that I'm back home, I am, um, you know, in my community, getting back into my community group that I had here before I moved away and looking to begin, you know, new discipleship relationships here. So it's been such an impact. It's had such an impact on me. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting to be challenged by um, thinking about how I can pour into someone else. And so I always feel like I end up gaining more mm-hmm. than the person that I'm discipling. So yep. it's, it's really a blessing. That's so great. And I agree the same thing, you know, so often when the Lord, um, you know, when I'm in the midst of discipling, you know, a younger woman, like I feel like I I'm like, Oh gosh, I hope that like she's getting something because I certainly am <laughs> out of our yeah. conversation. And, um, and, you know, and just, you know, I, I feel like I'm at this point in my life earlier than I thought I was going to be where like, I feel like I'm like trying to give advice and I'm like, I'm only 32, <laughs> but I'm like trying to like, go, Oh gosh, I've been there. Don't do that or whatever. But, um, but just even through our yeah. life experiences that we can share, you know, with other women that are coming behind us that just, you know, need a word of affirmation to go like this, like this too shall pass. Or like, I understand, <laughs> you know, I, I've been where you are or just to say, gosh, I'm praying with you. Like I, you know, you're not alone in this. And so like, I'm going to walk through this with yes. you. And so just having women that we can do that with and that we can study the word of God with is so vital. And, um, but there are so many things that would want to get in our way of feeling like we're capable or like we know enough to do that. And so like, you know, how do you, you know, do you feel like you have to fight that battle of, you know, going of the inadequacy, you know, with, um, when it oh, comes yeah. to discipling other women? Absolutely. I mean, every time that I, I feel like every time that I'm about to go into a discipleship, uh, opportunity or into a Bible study, I am fighting that, uh, mental battle of, you know, thinking that I am not adequate. And, um, just over the years, I've just had to remind myself that whenever I, am thinking that it is up to me to be equipped. I am really saying that I am relying on myself and mm-hmm. I'm not relying on God and trusting in his power to work through me. So it, it shows pride thinking that I have the talents and qualifications to be what I, what I should be and not saying, God, I know that I don't have this. I need it from you. Yeah. So I, um, you know, I'm, so grateful for the passage, First Corinthians twelve nine, uh, that says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for p- my power is made perfect in weakness. Yep. Therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me." Yeah. And that is exactly what I have to remind myself every time: is it, it my weakness is actually going to, in some way, show Christ's strength all the more, and, and to mm. rejoice in that, and to lean into resting in Christ and not resting in my own abilities. Um, it doesn't mean we don't have to do the work of, you know, preparing for a discipleship opportunity or a, or a Bible study, but, um, it does mean that as we are doing the work of preparing to pour into someone, uh, God will give us what we need and and he can speak through us and we don't have the words. So Mm -hmm. that's something that I am constantly having to put at the forefront of my mind for sure. That's so great. And it just... 
I think we've all felt that way at one point or another. And sometimes we let fear win. We let the, you know, the enemy and that spiritual warfare, like we were talking about, even when it comes to our personal relationship with the Lord, you know, get in the way of being obedient to God's call on our life to invest in somebody else. And so, um, yeah. you know, whether you feel like, oh, I'm too old and I don't, I don't have any, I, I'm not relevant or, you know, I don't have time or whatever. I think a lot of those things, if we really boil it down and ask the Lord, become excuses that stand in the way of us just being obedient and just being willing to, to open the conversation and start, you know, some dialogue with another woman, um, to offer up what we have, the little that we, what we have and, and let the Lord <laughs> yes. do something with it. Like, just like the, the loaves and the fish or, you know, whatever it is that he can multiply our, um, what we have to make it what, exactly. what he needs to accomplish what he wants to do. And, yeah. um, he, he does it yeah. so beautifully. We can, and we can trust God in that, you know, we can trust that God will use, um, whatever we have to offer in the way that he intends for it. And so we don't have to feel the pressure to say the exact right thing because God has used, you know, all kinds of crazy things mm-hmm. to make an impact in someone's life. Yep. And so I know sometimes when I feel like I've said the exact wrong thing, <laughs> I've had someone come back and say that God used that somehow. So, yep. you know, I feel like it's a lot less about me and a lot more about um, God and, and his work through all of that, everything mm-hmm. that I do. For sure. Well, Lauren, you know what, you know, if you had to look back on your life, you know, from this point where you are right now, the experiences you've had, you know, what is something that has significantly marked you along the way? Yeah, I love that question. Uh, you know, there are so many things that that mark our lives and, and experiences um, that affect who we are and who we're going to become. But an interesting uh, experience that my family walked through a few years ago was our trip to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a situation where with Hobby Lobby, our privately owned company, we were either being forced to um, go against our faith and offer some drugs and devices that we ethically did not believe in and because of our belief in the Bible and what scripture teaches did not believe in. And so we were at this kind of crossroads as a family of having to choose whether to risk losing the company and and potentially going down that road where we we may have had to kind of lose lose that all um, or if we were going to stick with our faith and try and fight for um, the ability to continue to practice our company according to um, our convictions mm-hmm. and our deeply held religious beliefs. And that was, you know, that was a really experience that marked me forever because it was one of those situations where you're the kind of the, the rubber meets the road. Yeah. You know, we always say, you know, I hope that if I were in a situation mm-hmm. where my faith was tested, that I would be able to you know, stand up for what I believe. And, and that was a situation where for the kind of the only time in my life, I really remember feeling the weight of, um, you know, having to decide, well, are we going to go with our faith or are we going to go with wanting to protect what we've, uh, what my family has created with this business here, here in the world. So, um, you know, that was, such a unique um, and interesting experience to walk through um, as a family making the decision to go forward with fighting for our faith and and will, being willing to say, yeah, we're leaving the company in our open hand. Mm-hmm. And if God chooses to take that from us, then that is fine. And he is still good. But we have to put our faith first. Yeah. So um, I think that it was such an encouragement to have fa- other family members to walk through that with because there were definitely moments of weakness where I would think, you know, is this really worth it? Like, yeah. I don't know if this is the right decision. Maybe we should just, you know, go with whatever we're being you know, told we have to do. But um 
I, I, I really learned the, um, that my foundation had to be firmly planted in scripture. Yeah. And I also learned the importance of community mm. and um, having my family around me to encourage me whenever I was feeling weak. But then also when they were having, uh, you know, just doubts and weak moments for me to encourage them and, and the importance of having that biblical community. So I feel like that really um, just marked me in, in my um just understanding of the need to be firmly planted in scripture and community and that we need to be doing that now because you never know when that trial is going to come. Absolutely. And, and you, you don't want to prepare for something once it's already, you know, happened, mm-hmm. you need to be preparing in advance. Um, Cause we are, we're all going, you know, people aren't going to have probably the Supreme court experience that we had, mm-hmm. but there are going to be other trials um, yeah. for any of the listeners, and and we need to be daily going to Scripture and relying on our biblical community to encourage us in our faith so that when those moments come um, and kind of the rubber meets the road, that we have that foundation to mm-hmm. lean back on. Absolutely. And, you know, and just like you said, you know, for most of us, you know, it's not going to be a Supreme Court case, you know, but, (laughs) but I am so grateful, though, too, that, you know, as believers, you know, that we, you know, we're watching from a distance and going, you know, just so grateful for the fact that your family did stand up for, um, for the Lord in that and just for what was right in that. And, um, you know, because it then gives an example, you know, for the rest of believers, just like we see throughout scripture that, you know, we're setting an example for the ones that follow behind. And, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for, most of the people listening, you know, it's never going to be that public, but there are people watching, you know, there are people yeah. who are observing your day-to-day life who see how you act and react to situations that come. And, um, you know, and they're looking to you if you're, if you're a small group leader, you know, the girls or women in your group are looking to you on how you, you know, respond to difficult things that arise. If you're, you know, um, a teacher or a stay at home mom or what your kids are looking, you know, to see how, how you're going to react to the things that, that come at you. And, yes. um, and so wherever you are, just know, you know, not in a scary way, but just in a realistic way that people are, people are watching. And, um, and we have an opportunity in those moments to, to show who Christ is in our lives and to be, make, make himself evident through us, um, through our obedience. And it's not easy, um, because we can get ridiculed for it, but, um, but it's worth it because we're being faithful to, to what he's asked of us. So wherever, wherever you find yourself in the mix of that, you know, today, just be encouraged that, um, there are people watching and that we're doing it for the Lord and not for man, but we're doing it so that his name can be lifted high and so that other mm-hmm. people will see that in us. Um, so it's just, it, yes, it's going to look so different true. for every single one of us. Yes, it is. Yeah. It will look different, but um, that's, what's beautiful about um, the, you know, God's kingdom and, mm-hmm. and having other believers is that we can learn um, as we encourage one another and walk alongside one another in the, in the trials and, and also rejoice in with others in the happy times. So yeah, yeah I love that. So good. Well, I, I want to kind of like move in a little bit of a different direction and ask you a couple of questions about Museum of the Bible, because um, I don't know if many of you guys have looked it up online or seen articles about it, but I am fascinated. And, um, <laughs> you know, how, you know, what what is that going to kind of look like or, you know, what kind of opportunity is that going to provide once it opens um, at the end of 2017? Yes. Great question. I love talking about this. <laughs> it is something that I am super passionate about. Um, I started working with Museum of the Bible right when I finished school and have been kind of involved in the project um, since the beginning. Yeah. So this uh, muse- is a, it's a museum that's opening in Washington, D.C., 
Uh, we got a building that is two blocks south of the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. It's three blocks away from the U.S. Capitol. So it's mm. right in the middle of Washington, D.C. Yeah. And this is going to be an eight-story building, 430,000 square feet, all about the Bible. Mm. So we are wanting to invite all people to engage in the Bible by talking about what its impact has been in our world to show that this book has had an incredible impact in every area of life, yeah. whether it's, you know, science or government or art, music, you know, every area. So what has its impact been? And and hopefully by seeing the impact um, that it's had in our world that encourages people to realize the significance yeah. and that this is worth studying. This is worth being um, aware of what the Bible is all about. Uh, so we talk about the impact. We also talk about the history of the Bible. And mm -hmm. so how did we get this book? You know, when we hold the Bible in our hands today, how did we get this book? And um, what is the the story of it coming through through translation and transmission to become what it is today? So we talk about that with mm -hmm. um, showing a lot of different historical artifacts on our history floor. And then we also want to talk about the narrative of the Bible. So the Bible is many stories mm -hmm. that make up one story, kind of Genesis to Revelation. So uh, in a broad overview, we kind of cover Genesis to Revelation. What is the story in the Bible? So that hopefully when people come in, they're learning something new and they're realizing um, just how incredible this book is and wanting to engage in it. Um, you know, if maybe people come in that have read the Bible a million times over and they learn something new and are all inspired all over again because mm -hmm. we can constantly learn more learn more from God's word. Yeah. Um, and we also hope and expect that people that know nothing, you know, maybe even people of no faith or no belief in the Bible will come in and and we hope that they'll want to engage in the Bible as they leave um, as well. So uh, I'm really excited about the the Museum of the Bible just because you can you can't even imagine the impact that it could have mm -hmm. as millions of people come through and and in DC so many people from all over the world yeah. come into to see DC or for work or to visit and they can walk through the Museum of the Bible and and come out with an understanding of the truth of the gospel and so that's my prayer for the project and so I'm so excited for it and it opens in just 11 months so wow. November 2017 it'll open and I'm, I can't hardly wait. I bet. I bet. I bet all these things that you have pictured and envisioned and talked about for so long are finally coming to fruition. And um, yes. I know that's going to be really exciting to really see in person for the first time. <laughs> I know. I don't even know what I'm going to do the first time I get to walk through. I'll <laughs> yep. probably just be crying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tears of joy. <laughs> yep. I love that. So, yeah. I love that. And just, you know, and, and I think you're one who I've heard you just as I followed you on social media the last few months and just um, heard you say things, write things, just talking about the engaging with the Bible. And I think that that is such, um, I love, I love that term and I love that that's the, so much of the heart of museum of the Bible, but it's also yeah. just the, you know, should be the heart for us as believers is that we would engage in the word of God and that we would yeah. you know engage other people with us along the way, whatever that looks like. Um, and I will ask you one fun question. Like, are there, I know that there's some like fun or interesting things that are going to be, that people are going to be able to see in museum of the Bible. <laughs> what are a couple of those that you're excited yes. for people to get to see? So our president, Carrie Summers, comes out of a background of uh, building out theme parks. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> he, he really wanted uh, to have a ride. In, in the Museum of the Bible. So we have a ride. Oh, wow. We have, yes, it's technology that's, be, that's been uh, built by Boeing. 
and NASA, mm. and you'll have the sensation of flying. So we call it the flyboard theater. So you go in and you're standing um, at this kind of station and you'll feel like you're flying through Washington, D.C. Mm. And we're going to be touring D.C. showing where all of the Bible-inspired um portions or either Bible inspired quotes or portions of scripture are all over DC. So there are scripture engraved um, in the library of Congress on all kinds of the monuments around Mm -hmm. DC and people pass by those and never actually realize maybe where that came from or what that is. So we want to get to show people, look, the Bible has had its impact in this city right here. Mm-hmm. So that is one aspect, but we're also going to have a biblical food restaurant. Ooh. And so you can come eat kind of foods that might've been around during the times, uh, Bible times, and then a biblical garden right outside. So there's mm-hmm. a kind of a pat rooftop patio that's going to have different shrubs and plants that would have been come from that, that region of the world where um, a lot of the Bible was written. So uh, really fun, interactive, engaging mm-hmm. things. And there, are, we have a theater where we'll do production, Broadway productions. And um, we own the ceiling of the subway stop that comes up under our building. So we're actually putting a one of the largest digital ceilings um, oh. on that subway ceiling. Uh-huh. So you'll see as you come up out of the subway that's right by our building, you'll see different rotating biblical art. So all kinds of fun things to yeah. really make this um, excellent. We really wanted to make this museum excellent and mm-hmm. not subpar because um, that's what the Bible deserves. Yeah. Um, but we also wanted to use the latest in technology um, so that we can engage the next generation and really invite people in to experience the Bible, maybe in a way they hadn't before. So I'm I'm really grateful that we've kind of used all the different technology to engage uh, on a whole new level. It's been really fun. Oh, I bet it has. I bet it has. Well, I can't wait um, to go to D.C. sometime soon and and see it for myself and just see, um, you know, just get to experience the whole thing. So um, yes. that's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see you there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Lauren, this has been so much fun today. Like I just, um, you know, I know that our listeners are going to have gained something, you know, from what you've said today, just whether it's something as simple as, you know, encouraging them to disciple another woman that's where they are um, or just, you know, engage with the Bible in their own lives and the next step. So I just um, thank you so much for doing this and just for being yeah, with us today. I so really fun. appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I Absolutely. Loved it. Well, um, we're going to link to Lauren's blog and her social media um, on lifeway.com forward slash podcast. So you'll be able to find that really easily. Um, you'll also, um, we'll link to any of the other resources that we mentioned and all that kind of good stuff. Um, if you guys wouldn't mind taking just a minute to rate and review on iTunes, it just makes it easier for other people to be able to find the Marked Podcast. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today, and we will see you guys back in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week.